Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emaw podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and it is a beautiful, beautiful day. And we're coming off a great week of Kansas State basketball. I'm sure you guys saw it. If not, we're going to walk you through some post game, and we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, all for the Kansas State Wildcats. But let me just say thank you so much for joining us today. It is going to be a great episode, and I'm grateful to have you along for the journey. Starting things off, man, it was a great bounce-back week for the Wildcats. We had been in the middle of, some might call it a slump, I would call it, well, I guess a slump, but that being said, K-State really had to battle through some adversity the last couple of weeks, and it hasn't been easy. Especially in a conference where everybody, 1 through 10, can win an NCAA tournament game, that's insane to see how K-State can bounce back against good teams. So the Wildcats did actually get the sweep, the first sweep, of Jerome Tang's coaching career against Scott Drew and his former team. We ended up beating the Baylor Bears, the ninth-ranked Baylor Bears, I might add, 75-65 to yesterday, and it was a massive game. K-State played the best game of the entire season, and I don't think that's debatable on any front, on any shape. I think K-State proved that and solidified how talented they can be as a team come March. I mean, we beat teams like Baylor, we've beaten teams like Kansas, we've beaten some really good programs, and yesterday's win really solidified that. Last week, K-State starts off by losing to Texas Tech, who is the third worst team technically in the conference. Um, that's not necessarily my opinion. I think Texas Tech's been playing great, but they did beat us pretty handedly, 71-63. to Then we follow that up by getting beat by 14 points to Oklahoma, 79-65. to That's terrible. It was a rough stretch there. We jump back. 23rd Iowa State comes to town. K-State wins 61-55, to beating the Iowa State Cyclones, who I can't personally make heads or tails of. I think that the team itself can't really play on the road. Iowa State is not geared to play on the road. So we'll see how that bodes as March continues on. But at the moment, I don't really know where they're at. We followed that up with a massive win against Baylor. 75-65 to in a game where both Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson played incredible basketball. Side by side, ended all the debates about a power struggle or a power dynamic. K-State found a way to really, really hammer things home and get us moving on towards March. Tang has really been trying to preach that energy, trying to preach, hey, we got to support these guys, we got to get things back together, and we got to take care of the basketball. And that is exactly what happened against Baylor. Marquise Noel, who had had the most turnovers in the entire country this season, that's not an understatement or an overestimation, that is the truth. Yesterday's game, he had zero turnovers. Zero. After leading the country in turnovers through this point, Marquise Noel showed up and showed out. And it wasn't a typical, hey, 32 points, 14 assists, something crazy. It was still a double-double for Noel. And this is the thing. His last outing against Baylor, he had 32 points and 14 assists. In this game yesterday, Marquise Noel had 14 points, 10 assists, and 2 rebounds in 38 minutes. Keontae Johnson, on the other end, 25 points, 4 assists. That's huge for Johnson. He's not usually an assist guy. And the question mark for Johnson, 1 rebound. 1 rebound in the game. He is the 3rd leading rebound per game guy in the entire conference, so it kind of surprised me, but I was absolutely blown away to see how good K-State was. Guys were hitting shots, guys were playing defense, we were contesting, nobody was in foul trouble, it was a beautiful, whole, perfect packaged game for the K-State Wildcats, and I am so thrilled to talk about it. So I have a couple of notes here I want to talk about, and last week I talked about the different topics of what I wanted to do. In today's video, I want to talk about each topic, and then I also want to bring in some Twitter talk here and react to some different tweets and takes down the stretch about the Kansas State Wildcats. We've got some good things to look at that I think would just be awesome to talk about. But to start things off, Keontae Johnson breathed a life. Keontae Johnson had a breath of fresh air against Baylor. We've been talking about it. Keontae hadn't shown up in the sense that 
he wasn't getting shut out on the scoreboard. I mean, every time he's still putting up at least 15 points. Keontae's still the second scorer in the entire Big 12 Conference. But Keontae Johnson had an effective night. I mean, he was efficient, and he got whatever he wanted. He was 2 of 4 from 3, and he wasn't missing on the court. He got to his spots, had wide-open dunks, wide-open three balls. Keontae was Keontae, and it's the one that we're going to need if we go to March to beat some of these teams. You know, I saw some of the bracketology projections, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But no matter what happens, if Keontae Johnson, no matter who we're matched up with, if Keontae Johnson is the guy we saw yesterday, he will be the best player on the court and will beat anybody in the country. You heard it here first. That is 100% the truth. Keontae Johnson can be the best college player in the entire world, and I hope we're seeing that in March. I mean, this team is geared to make a run, and they're primed with Jerome Tang to expect a win, not just to hope to win. That's the difference. The Bruce Weber-led teams, hey, we're going to go out there and compete, and we're going to hope to win. We're going to try to find it. With Tang, it's, hey, we are the winners. We deserve to win. We are the team that can beat everybody else in the entire conference. Show up to your house and take over. This team can do anything, whether it's on the road or at home. This team has that ability to go next level. That was the first thing I want to talk about was Keontae Johnson, and I want to commend him for how incredible he is. Next up, Desi Sills is one of the steals of the transfer portal in the entire country. The entire country. Jerome Tang had a tweet where he talked about post-game saying, this is one thing I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Jerome Tang actually spoke post-game about Desi Sills, saying that he was hesitant to start Desi Sills because he wants him to win the Big 12 Six-Man of the Year award. And in the event that you win the Six-Man of the Year award, you have to come off the bench more than half the team's games. Tang's already got to that feat. Desi Sills has already been there. He is now starting for the K-State Wildcats, and in back-to-back games, we've won. Every game that Desi has started, we've won this season. Let's keep that momentum going. And it's been a nice little juxtaposition seeing David Gasson come off the bench rather than having to start him, and especially with a season where he's been kind of, he hasn't been the healthiest. You know, we're seeing him come in and provide big minutes, but it's not forcing him immediately to get to that point. You know, Naquan Tomlin starting the game, you've got guys out there, and then when Desi comes out or when the first guy sits on the bench, whether it's Tomlin, who has had some foul issues in the past, whether it's Tomlin or whether it's any of the guards on the court, we're bringing in David Gasson to compete in the low post, and he's contributing big minutes for the Wildcats. That was huge to see, and I think Desi Sills can absolutely be a difference maker in March. He energy he provides, the energy he provides for the team, there is no one quite like Desi Sills in the entire country. Jerome Tang spoke during the game and said, we want to play as fast as humanly possible. And Desi Sills has got to be the spark plug for that. He's one of the quickest players on the court, efficient. Obviously, the, everybody and their brother knows that Desi Sills is going to go to the left because he's a left-handed player. Overall, Desi can do whatever he wants on the court. He can shoot the ball, he can rebound, he can play and have these big minutes, he can dunk it, he can do whatever. And we've seen that this season. We saw it yesterday. You know, it wasn't a crazy 25-point outing for Desi Sills, but he had, listen to this. It was, a, it was half a triple-double in my mind. Six points, five rebounds, and three assists. I mean, Desi, in 33 minutes, is still contributing more than most guys on the team, and I'm thrilled to see him contribute. He has been an awesome, awesome player. I think Jerome Tang's staff should be completely commended for what they've done in the transfer portal this season. Desi has been a massive pickup for the Wildcats. Next up, we'll talk a little bit about Baylor. So, this game, Baylor went on a 21-3 run at some point during this game, and they didn't win the game. K-State still won by double digits. And a lot of that wasn't K-State's fault. K-State didn't get to a point where it's like, hey, we're giving up free buckets. Every single three that LJ Cryer was putting up, that Keontae George was putting up, were dropping. And it was only that. It was late in the shot clock, hand in the face. Somehow they'd hit a deep three and it'd just be like, okay, well, we got to stop that. These guys are a great three-point shooting team. They are the leading three-point shooting team in the entire conference. So that's a little bit expected. But after missing the first five threes of the game, Baylor lit it up by going six of seven from three. 
They put up 18 points in the next seven shots. That's crazy. And K-State was doing all they could to contest at that. And it didn't ever feel like they were out of it, man. K-State still hung tough and battled through. I was so thrilled to see what we did. And then going forward, this is one that isn't as analytical in the sense of basketball, but you know what we got to stop doing? we got to stop overusing nicknames. Basketball players across the country, man. And the first guy that comes to mind is Jonathan Chamwachachwa for Baylor. He's been coming back. He's been injured a little bit this season, but he's been battling back through injury. They call him Everyday John. That's the thing, because it's every day that he shows up. That's the idea. That is the corniest thing I've heard in so long. If you just say it once or twice, I get it. But every single time the guy was mentioned, Everyday John, going to the free throw line. Everyday John for three. Everyday John. Dude, we got to just say that Chamachachwa or even Chachwa. We got to figure this out. You know what I mean? Just giving a guy a nickname like that, I get it. An example of this in my mind, Felix Anudike Uzama. That's a hard name to say, but we called him Felix, or we called him King Felix. Everyday John, I get, but it's just like, dude, that is so clunky, and it hurts me to hear. And it's not just because he doesn't play for K-State. The Big 12-ish stuff, I think Big 12-ish is a good nickname, but when they hammer it every single time Ish contributes on the court, it's tough. Well, they call him Big 12-ish because he is in the Big 12 and he's playing big minutes. He is Big 12-ish. I don't know, man. I do not like that. But in that same situation, I want to also shout out the commentators. It was a pretty good team there. They did mention something with Ish. Ish pulled up from, you know, 40 feet on a Steph Curry-type range, splashed the three, and the commentator goes, well, you can't spell swish without Ish. That is a deep three. Great call. Great call. But the Big 12-ish thing, man, I get it. I love it. But boy, we got to not say it every single time. Call him Ish with suit occasionally. We got to switch it up. Give him another nickname. Give him something else. Don't just continually hammer it home. I saw that so many times with Jonathan Chamachachua, and it just got off the hand, man. It just got out of pocket. It was too much, and I wanted to talk about that on today's podcast. I hope you guys felt the same way, but maybe I'm just up here, you know, shouting at the clouds, telling people that that's annoying, but that's how I feel, and I hope that that's how you felt. As a fan of basketball, I get the nickname thing, but man, we got to stop that. It's the same thing a little bit with Marquise Noel just being referred to as the little guy every time he does anything. It's like, we know he's a short guy. We know he's 5'8". We know he's a smaller player. But the little guy doing something big in Manhattan, the little guy in the little apple, little Marquise Noel, the short guy here. Man, we got to knock that off. We got to knock that off right now. You ever hear Keontae Johnson called anything other than, like, Keontae Johnson? Didn't think so. There's a couple of those things where they say, well, he's a freight train, he's a football player, he's a tight end. We got to stop with the corny nicknames, guys. It's taking away from the game of basketball. I'm going to tell you right now. Let me know what you think about that on Twitter if you have a chance. At Tiller underscore Joe. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Because for me, it is getting to the boiling point where I'm like, I have had enough of that. I got to only listen to Wyatt Thompson at the next game if it gets to that point. Going forward, the reason Baylor lost this game, and it doesn't say much about K State, there's a lot of immaturity from Baylor. There's a lot of turnovers and quick fouls and just young guard stuff where guys are pulling up on fadeaway three-point balls that don't need to be shot rather than settling down and using the mismatch inside for K-State. I don't know. I think that Baylor had a mismatch against our bigs because our bigs have really been foul happy the last couple of games, whether it's Naquan Tomlin or Bebe Igiola. I mean, there's guys that have just been kind of trigger happy with the fouls. David Gasson at some point. Baylor stayed away from that. They just relied on their guard play. And so it's like, you're going to attack one of the first-team All-Big 12 defenders in Marquise Noel, one of the steel leaders in the entire country. Attack that guy. Attack Keontae Johnson, who's a brick wall defensively. Tyke Green. Guys like Desi Sills, who are just spark plugs and energy guys. I don't know. I didn't think that was a good idea. Baylor really shrunk in the sense that they didn't do anything. And Scott Drew talked about it a little bit. He mentioned in a tweet... Scott Drew threw out four different defenses to try to stop Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. And post-game, the defense he said that could stop him, the only one that could stop him, is them graduating. 
That is incredible. If you heard that, it blew my mind to hear. That's high praise from Scott Drew. He commented on how much he likes the guys, hates playing them, but likes the guys, and all the good stuff he hears from Jerome Tang. Because that brotherhood is tough, man. Scott Drew and Jerome Tang will be brothers for life. You see the way they react. They're hugging and they're laughing and they're having fun. They go to Varsity Donuts before every game in Manhattan, back when they were with Baylor. Shout out that. They'd have a Boston cream donut. They made it a big segment in yesterday's game. But the biggest thing they would do is they'd split a donut. And so yesterday's game, they couldn't be together on game day because they were focused doing stuff with the program. They each got an order, and they split a Boston cream donut together. They met up, had a couple of cups of coffee, had half a Boston cream donut, and they went about their way. That was one of the best things I've seen in college basketball. And it's good to see those friendships. I really think so. So... So you see Jerome Tang sweep his former team, get his first sweep of the Big 12 Conference against top 10 Baylor in both matchups. That's awesome. Congratulations to Jerome Tang. Congratulations to everyone on the staff. They've done an incredible job this season. And that brings me to the next conversation. If there's anybody, and I mean anybody, who deserves National Coach of the Year, it's Jerome Tang. The first letter starts with J, the last one starts with T. It's Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang deserves it. And there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, a little bit of slights here. People have talked about TJ Otzelberger for Iowa State and Jerome Tang. Those are the two guys that people have talked about. The Missouri head coach gets a couple of nods. But there's been a rising thing where Bill Self is in the conversation. I don't believe that for a second. Yes, Bill Self is an incredible coach. Yes, he is one of the premier coaches in all of college sports of all time. And I won't slight him by any means. But the idea that he has done more with this program because they've lost 70% of their scoring, that happens every single year for Bill Self. He's handed five stars and four stars every single season. To say that he did more than Jerome Tang, whose team lost everybody but two players, and we were expected to finish dead last, and we still are one of the better teams in the conference. We're a top 15 team in the entire country, probably going to be top 10 next week. That that guy has done less than Bill Self? Bill Self was still picked to win the conference. KU basketball was still picked first every time. It's not to say that this is out of expectation, but this is just living up to his expectations. And I'm not going to sit here and make the mistake of, you know, oh, because he's so good, this is what he's held to a higher standard. That's all garbage. But I just want to say the same people that are trying to put Bill Self in the conversation for Coach of the Year are the same people that slight the LeBron Jameses of the world, that slight the Patrick Mahomes of the world. Well, hey, he throws for 4,000 passing yards every year, so he can't win. I don't think that's the case. Bill Self hasn't done anything beyond what he's done in the past couple of years. Every year he loses 70% of his scoring. This hasn't been a difference in the sense that this team is a great team. He's done a great job. He will figure out a way to win with whatever cast of guys he has. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. But I am saying that at some point, you understand that Bill Self, his road to where he's at has been so much easier than guys like a TJ Otzelberger, guys like a Jerome Tang, who have figured out how to win this season. K-State tied their entire franchise record for most quad wins in a season with seven. Looking to get eight the next couple of weeks. I mean, we've got a great team, and Jerome Tang is the driving factor. A guy who's beaten Bill Self, a guy who's showed what it takes. Bruce Weber beat Bill Self once in four years. Once. And that was with a superstar team that split and won the Big 12 with Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Cartier Jada, with Cam Stokes, all those guys. That team beat them once. Once. Jerome Tang's already done the same feat in his first year. His first game against Bill Self we win. And he has turned back the clock of the Octagon of Doom and restored that. We saw Sandstorm with the lights dimmed and flashlights all over the conference. All over everybody. It was loud in there. And Jerome Tang spoke postgame saying that, hey, this is the first time I've stomped my feet because we needed to hear Sandstorm. Bring it back, man. That's awesome. K-State has been electric. And I think it's no secret that Jerome Tang is the coach of the year. If you don't agree, I don't understand where you're coming from. I don't. T.J. Otzelberger's done a great job. The Missouri head coach has done a great job. 
other than those three guys, I don't think there's other names that need to be brought up in this conversation. There's other guys that probably could deserve a mention, but there's nobody else that should win the award than those three guys. Maybe, who knows? We'll see. Maybe Bill Self will just walk in, pull up, get the award, and everybody will be furious. But Jerome Tang is the coach of the year. That's my opinion. Next up, a quick little shout-out here. Marquise Noel has become the first player in Kansas State basketball history with 200 assists in a single season. How incredible is that? Marquise Noel put on a performance, and as an absolute stud, the guy in two games against Baylor is averaging 12 assists per game. That's crazy. Marquise Noel was unbelievable, and I don't think it's any secret. Let me just run you through what Marquise Noel is averaging against um, against Jerome Tang, sorry, against Scott Drew and Baylor. This season, Marquise Noel is averaging 23 points a game and 12 assists a game. A double-double against Baylor and Scott Drew. That's the matchup we want come, uh, come March. We want those guys. We don't want to meet anybody else from the Big 12 Conference. I think that K-State has a real chance, and Marquise Noel has been an incredible player. There's an argument. There's a real argument. They were talking about it last night in the broadcast of who deserves to be the Big 12 Player of the Year, and they've seen guys who have won the Wooden Award for Best Player in the Country not win their conference award. This feels like that year to me. I think Jalen Wilson wins the National Player of the Year Award, but who do you pick? In Big 12 play, Jalen Wilson isn't the top scorer. He is the top scorer in the conference, but he's not leading the conference in terms of scoring in conference. That was a lot of in conference. Let me clarify on that. Marquise Noel leads the entire Big 12 in scoring when playing against another Big 12 team. That's true. That is 100% true. Jalen Wilson is averaging 18.8 points per game against the Big 12 opponents. Marquise Noel, does anybody have a guess? 19.6 after a 14-point outing yesterday. Still 19.6 against the Big 12. He has been the front runner in my mind for Player of the Year in the Big 12 Conference. I don't think there's been anybody that's been a super that's been as fantastic as Marquise Noel has been, especially a guy who wasn't expected to be up there. You know, he was in the sense that he's one of the better players. He was expected defensively, but to light up the stat sheet like he has, he has been one of the best players I've seen in K-State history this season. And that's not a slight, that's not an understatement to anybody else. He has been unbelievable. Let's talk about Keontae Johnson now. He also has an argument for this, this award. Keontae has been incredible since transferring from Florida to K-State. He's been one of the best players I've seen once again in K-State history. I've been thrilled to see how it works. The stats here, okay? Let's see this. Johnson's been averaging 17.9 overall this season. He's averaging 17.6 in Big 12 play. He is third in that sense behind Jalen Wilson, behind Marquise Noel, but it is hard to ignore these guys from K-State when it comes down the stretch. It's been an incredible game. It's been an incredible week. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to the Everything Emaw podcast. We do have a couple of more big games down the stretch. There's three games left, and K-State would love to have all three wins. We're currently sitting in a three seed in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. I don't know how long that'll stay. If we'll stay a three seed, if we'll drop to a four, who knows what the chance is. But we've still got some opportunity for big wins. We play Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. All three teams are on the cusp of being in the tournament. Oklahoma State's in for sure. West Virginia's cutting it close right now, and Oklahoma is trying to make a push after losing to Texas Tech yesterday. It doesn't look great, but K-State still has an opportunity to win these last three games and have a massive amount of wins in Big 12 play in Jerome Tang's first year. This has been incredible. This has been the Everything Emaw podcast. If you like the show, go ahead and rate it wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you do, whatever you listen to. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Let us know what you think of the show. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I'm so grateful for you sitting with me today and talking some K-State basketball. We will be back next week, and we'll talk a little bit more about March. We'll talk a little bit about the last game or two. It's been awesome. I am so grateful to have you here. Everybody, have a wonderful day. Go Cats!